This is your reminder that Karen, Delina, and Shalon are not professionals of any kind. If you need medical, fitness, or nutritional advice, please seek out qualified professionals that do that sort of thing. Well, hey there, you have stumbled into Sister Sharpen Sister. Three sisters get together each week and talk about first one thing and then another. Primary focus being health, fitness, and faith, but you never really know where our conversations are going to end up. My name is Shalon, and I am joined by my sisters, Karen and Delina. Today, we are talking about how we can stay focused on our fitness lives and health lives when the rest of our lives get in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Or things break down. Or things break down. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of dealt with this this past week because I had the all out flu. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible. I'd rather have COVID than the flu. Honestly. Really? There's that big of a difference? For me, in my body, yeah. COVID just made me like really sleepy. I was a little achy. I didn't run a fever or anything like that. It made me very, very tired. The flu hit me with everything. Fever, body aches. I I was sleepy. The medicine they gave me to take made me nauseous. It was bad. Anyway, I do not necessarily think that think of motivation when I am laying there sick in bed. No, no, sometimes you just need to stop and rest. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what I did. I did absolutely nothing. And I did a little bit of a gentle yoga yesterday, but I didn't do anything today because I had other stuff I needed to do. No, your your body talks to you and gives you messages. You just need to listen to it and learn to understand what it's telling you. Yeah. And that goes with soreness uh, or pain. You know, you need to learn to tell the difference between pain and any any exercise soreness that you might have. You need to learn the difference between those. And if you're feeling the soreness, you can probably work through it and you'll be okay. Yeah. But if it's pain, you need to stop. Your body's telling you something. I'll never forget the first time we really did a, do you remember the first time Dee and Jazzercise did a body sculpting set? Do you remember this? I, I, I don't have any, any very specific memories on it, no. Oh, I do. <laughs> was this before or after I started going to the gym and lifting weights? This was before, I think, because it was, I mean, it, I wasn't an instructor yet. Okay. So it was pretty early on in you joining the crew. And I, I just remember being so sore that I could barely move. That in itself wasn't motivating to me no no not at all and we also need to be aware of something called doms d-o-m-s doms stands for delayed onset muscle soreness it's when you do um, um, an exercise and you have either feel no soreness at all or hardly nothing at all and a couple of days later you're so sore you can't even move yeah and i started doing the the research on what to do if you're injured because that's what i put my main focus on for this is for injury because i have an injury and i've got a hard time moving around and stuff and i actually came across something that i hadn't read up on in a very long time and i was like "Ooh, i remember this and it's um the differences between isometric isotonic and isokinetic exercises mm. because you can be injured like i'm injured right now but i could be doing isometric exercises even with my injured leg mm-hmm 
and I looked up the differences between those, whereas isometric exercises is where you place tension on a particular muscle without moving the surrounding joints. By applying constant tension to the muscles, isometric exercises can be useful for improving physical endurance and posture and strengthening and stabilizing the muscles. And examples are planks, wall squats, wall squats <laughs> and dumbbell holds. Those are examples of isometric exercises. Yoga now, is great at isometric exercises. It can be, but you move from pose to pose. So it also includes isotonic. Yoga is both. Yes. Because the isotonic has to, it's, um, uh, okay, let me find my notes here. Um, okay, it says, while isometric exercise is all about engaging muscles with no movement, isotonic exercise involves putting a constant amount of weight or tension on your muscles while moving your joints through a full range of motion. An example would be bicep curls, squats, aerobic exercises like running. Now, isokinetic I had a little bit of a long definition, but basically it boils down to that isokinetic exercise provides a variable resistance to a consistent limb movement. These kinds of adaptive exercises require equipment that can quickly accommodate changes in resistance. And I'm looking for the example I got. I think the example I got was like uh, a stationary bicycle. But if you think about it, it the, the name of it of itself tells us it has to do with motion because kinetic energy let me see, let me find my definition here. According to Oxford Languages, kinetic energy, which a body possesses by virtue of being in motion. So a way that you are moving through and staying motivated during your injury is looking at the different types of exercise that you could be potentially doing. Yes, I did some research and because I had completely forgotten about isometric exercises, completely forgot about them. What? I don't know. I don't know. I was just <laughs> nodding my head right. I don't know. I don't know why your physical therapist didn't recommend any. Right. I don't know what to tell you. They were all about the motion and stretching. Movement, motion, and stretching. Because they didn't start putting uh, true resistance on it until towards the end of that. But that's when my knees started clicking and popping and it started swelling again. So that's when we found out that it actually was not a sprain. I know if you have like a professional athlete, say you have a basketball player that goes skiing and they fracture their ankle isometric exercises is what they do for them so that they don't lose their muscle tone and it's easier for them to get back into the game mm -hmm. and i apologize so, uh, for any clicking that's coming through that's i have a cough drop in my mouth because i have i don't know a tickle somewhere and it won't go away yeah i put something in my mouth too because i was feeling something well your something so, and my something need to get together and go take a hike <laughs> yeah when you say bye I'll see y'all later oh no no i don't even want to see you later just be gone <laughs> be gone yeah <laughs> <laughs> now um, i also went on with a little further research about well, what's the difference between isokinetic and isotonic since they both involve movement because both of those involve movement whereas isometric doesn't so isotonic means same tension so that the weight on your muscles stays the same isokinetic means same speed so that your muscles are contracting at the same speed throughout the workout. So you can have those two exercises at the same time, basically. You could. I mean, you can have all three of these at the same time, depending on what you're doing. Because you could do bicep holds, you know, because your movement to get there would be um, um, isotonic, but your holding is isokinetic. So this guy I saw on Instagram, I follow him. Because he's an older gentleman. He's probably mine and your age, Dee. Who are you talking mm -hmm. about? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. 
I didn't I don't know his name right off. I mean I can look it up and link him. He was doing something with a 100 pound dumbbell where he was squatting with it, but instead of holding the dumbbell with his palms facing one another, like underneath your chin, close to your chest, he was holding it outstretched like a waiter would hold a, a platter. That's how he was holding it Jeez. to work on his biceps. Yeah, same thing I said was like, holy cow, that would be awful. That would be isotonic because of the movement, but also isometric because he's just holding that weight. Because he was, yeah, and he was, his elbows were bent close to his side and his hands were outstretched like he was holding a platter. Then he was squatting. That just, that, that struck me. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I, I could feel the ache. <laughs> oh my goodness. Imagine the persistence he had to have to get to a hundred pound weight. Mm -hmm. Paul Sklar. Yeah, that guy's crazy. Yes. I will send this to you guys. Dude is in phenomenal shape. Right? He's I mean, a former cool. world-ranked athlete, uh, father of five. And like a lot of fitness influencers on Instagram, he's got his own program and everything that he does. But the the, the guy is, is ripped. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Jason Momoa. Anybody that knows me knows this. <laughs> This guy looks better than Jason Momoa. All he needs is the long hair. <laughs> <laughs> Love of 80s hair band coming out in me, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, talking about isokinetic exercise. This kind of exercise and gear can be especially helpful after injury, where participants want to take care not to strain muscles with excessive resistance. Mm, okay. And then the isometric exercises, you could do that. You're basically tightening your muscles and holding it is basically what you're doing with those. Like yeah. when it, when you do a plank, you you hold every muscle in your body tight. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> your wall squat, you pretty much do the same thing, just a different kind of pose. Yeah. I don't Although, call those wall squats. I call them wall sits. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it just it just depends on who, who you're talking to. Yeah, well. I mean, but that's they, I mean we know we're what we're talking about. You put your back against the wall, and basically you act like you're going to sit in the chair or you're going to do a, a squat like you're going to squat. Right. Yeah. And then you you hold it. <laughs> now, of course, if you have an, ex, uh, uh, an injury like I have, you can't do either one of those, but I can sit in my chair and just tighten up my calf muscles. Yeah. Tighten up my quads and my glutes and hold them. One of the um, guys that started the fitness ministry up at our church did an experiment with isometric exercises. He was curious mm -hmm. as to, you know, like, is this any good? And he had been sick, I think. I don't remember what got him to do it, but he was he was curious because he, this guy was a ride or die workout guy. I mean, straight up. And he had been sick or got hurt something and he couldn't do his usual workout, but he wanted to do something. So he was curious about, about isometric exercises. And he, that's what he did for eight or nine weeks. And he said that when he came back to his regular workout, he felt like he had lost just a minimal amount of conditioning as opposed to, you know, being laid up for mm -hmm. nine weeks and not doing nothing. Right. I like that, Didi. That's some really good information there. Well, you know, we also need to tell everybody that before you do anything, you need to talk to your, 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 your medical providers, therapists, before right. you do anything. 
Well, we say at the very beginning of this that if you need medical fitness or nutritional advice, please seek out qualified professionals that do that sort of thing. Yes. And sometimes you do need just to take a break and rest. Well, rest days should be built into any program. Yes. Yeah. And the general the general rule for that kind of thing for me anyway, the way I treat myself is if it's from the neck up, I will still move. I might not be as intense as I normally am, but I will still move. But if it's from the neck down, stomach, you got chest congestion, you need to chill. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you can also look into um, types of yoga that can be done in a chair. It's called chair yoga or uh, maybe look into something called silver sneakers. Mm, I haven't heard of that for a long time. Yeah, me neither. Silver sneakers is designed primarily for um, senior citizens. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of it. What's that? It was real big for a while back in the, yeah. what, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, it was actually, um, when I lived in Florida and went to the gym all the time, they had silver sneakers at the gym. And the thing is this, is some medical insurance companies will pay for it for you. Yeah, some insurance companies will pay for a gym membership, but you have to go. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm doing 30 days of yoga with, on Instagram, her handle is Adrian Louise. On YouTube, she is yoga with Adrian. Like the first couple of, of days, she said that the hardest part is just showing up. So if you show up and you just sit on the mat and you breathe with me, you've done enough. She said, if that's all you feel like you can do, you've done enough. You know, and learning to breathe while you're doing certain exercises is actually a very important thing to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because if you're a runner, a marathon runner, or a sprinter, you have to learn how to learn how to breathe for it. Or if you're a swimmer, you need to learn how to breathe for it. <laughs> so even if you do show up for yoga and learn how to breathe, it's very important. Because you can't very well be a swimmer and breathe while your nose is in that water. <laughs> with somebody in the Olympics with the little cap on, you know, and the little really teeny, teeny little Speedo coming up for air after the third stroke because he inhaled. Oh, I'm say sorry. no to Speedo. Sorry. <laughs> Unless you're an Olympic athlete or, or a male bodybuilder, say no to Speedo. I'm sorry. Even then, it's like, why? I know. I'm not saying the Speedo brand. The brand is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a fine brand, but... I'm sorry, fellas, but bikinis on men, unless you're a bodybuilder in competition or you're an Olympic swimmer, don't do it. It's not attractive. Yeah. Leave the banana hammock at home. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or SpongeBob. SpongeBob, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That's the first thing I thought of when she said bikini bottoms. (laughs) And I never even watched that show okay moving on let's look at some ways that we can stay focused on our goals when life just gets busy because let's face it nobody can 100 percent of the time work out on the same schedule for years and years on end i mean no, not unless it's not unless it's their career or something like that well even then you know there's uh, marriages and deaths and celebrations yeah. and vacations and things change. Mm -hmm. That's where you have to be intentional about where you're just going to block off that piece of time that is, this is my workout. 
Mm-hmm. And you also don't have to spend an hour every time. You could take 15 minutes and do something. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too, especially, you know, every, everybody's busy, right? Everybody's busy. If you just do 10 minutes a day, you are going to build up an incredible habit. First of all, mm-hmm. you're showing up for yourself for 10 minutes every day. And you're going to build incredible strength if you just keep doing it day after day after day after day. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. An imperfect something is better than a perfect nothing. But I mean, who are we to even say that 10 minutes isn't perfect? Most people would assume that a 10 minute workout is imperfect. I know. As long as it's done, it's better than doing nothing. There were even um, Olympic... I forget what type of training that they were, that the Olympic sport was, but they would break it out into sections in the day, a little in the morning, a little at lunch, Mm -hmm. a little at night. And they would be even stronger with that kind of a schedule, not just give me one hour in the gym. Back in the seventies and eighties, Russia was real big for doing that kind of training with their bodybuilders. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And it's just small blocks of time. And these are mm-hmm. people that were professional. So they, you know, working out was their job. I want that job. You want the job? <laughs> <laughs> they had the time to do it along with other things that they were doing. Because you got to think people who are professional athletes who are bodybuilders for a living, they do more than just work out. Yes. They prep their meals. They <laughs> eat. No, seriously, eat. <laughs> a lot of food. Yeah. They recover. Oh, yes. And recovery is, is vital. Recovery is very important. If you have the ability to do an ice bath, if you have the ability to do a cryotherapy or the infrared therapy, then look into the research and just, just read mm. because it's been proven in, in test after test after test to improve performance in the gym to like if you're a cyclist it improves cycling it decreases muscle soreness it increases uh recovery time or decreases recovery time i guess i should say just turn your shower on cold Mm -hmm. i've done that and it does help with like being really sore if i've squatted heavy or deadlifted heavy i do not take a hot shower i always get in the hot shower no matter what I've done, but I don't lift as heavy as you do. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing between me and Arnie is that um, he likes to take a bath in lava and I will take a bath in an Arctic pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say that I'm, I'm the lava. <laughs> now, sometimes if I'm still sore, like a couple of days later, I will soak in a hot tub with Epsom salt. Yes. But now, I've done the hot bath and then gotten into a cold shower. Ooh. It's shocking. It's hard to do. Yes, yeah. Karen's right. The benefits are incredible for that. And also the immune benefits, right? There's Yes, there are benefits. immune benefits, especially for the ice. I saw a thing that had children who had cancer and they were doing ice baths and meditation and it increased their T cells. I believe that. That's nice yes. that it increased their T-cells. I mean, but that's incredible just from meditating, breathing, and sitting in ice cold water. So when life gets busy and you are struggling for ways to stay active or get active, 
the first one is if you have a desk job to set a timer to get up every 30 minutes and walk around, even if you just walk around your office or get up and go to the bathroom or stand up and stretch your legs before you sit back down and get back to work. And the second one, I think Shalon could probably say a little bit about this one is to ask your employer for a standing desk. Yeah, I have a standing desk and it was hard to get up to the stamina to stand and work, but I would get to where I, you know, get to work at eight and I'd stand until I would eat lunch. And then I would come back and sit for a little bit after lunch, Mm -hmm. but then uh, I would get up, I would stand for the rest of the day. And when we first did this, we happened to also have uh, Disney passes for us and the girls and doing that standing made walking around Disney easier. Oh, wow. <laughs> My legs weren't sore. It was the strangest thing. You know how you, you and you've all have done it. You've walked around a theme park all day and your legs, your knees, your ankles, they just hurt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you just can't get comfortable and you have to stand in line and all that went away just because of a standing desk. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, One of them is that if you plan meetings to schedule them outside or in a location where the group can take a walk and talk, Hmm. take the stairs instead of the elevator and park further away from the building or the store. And I mean, adding just a few steps can make a big difference when you can do that throughout your day. Yeah. Uh, The fifth tip is to join a gym that you pass to and from work Hmm. to pack a gym bag and set it with your keys in the morning and take it with you. That's a great tip. I've never heard that one. Maybe if the gym that you pass to and from work doesn't uh, have a schedule that suits yours, maybe find a gym in the area that does suit yours. Because we have a gym here in town that's open 24 hours. You use a card and, and you know, it's a key card entry and so if you're a, if you work night shift and on your days off, you still stick to that night shift schedule, you're able to get up and go work out at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> if you're evening shift, you can go work out after work at two o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. When I lived in Florida, the gym that I joined was on my way to and from work. <clears throat> That's ah. why I picked that gym. Well, yeah, it's easy. You're already passing by it. You don't have a reason to not stop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sit on an exercise ball at work instead of a regular chair helps to build core strength. And I've seen some stuff recently uh, that may not be the best idea for a lot of people, especially if you have low back problems. The exercise ball as well needs to be measured to you and it needs to be the right tautness and all that when you're going to use it as an actual chair. Yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very specific. And it's also recommended, like you were talking, you had to build stamina up in order to do the standing desk is the same thing with this ball is that you have to work up to it. So don't just, you know, take your, don't take your desk chair and put it in the dumpster before you've built that stamina. Those chairs are expensive. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do calf raises and or squats while brushing your teeth or combing your hair. Keep free weights at your desk and do simple exercises while on the phone or during downtime. Maybe you work at a call center and you take calls for people that have problems with their, I don't know, I'm going to show my age, VCR. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and you're waiting on a call to come in. You can do some bicep curls. If you have a longer lunch break, take a short walk. Some places of employment provide exercise equipment or have a gym at their facility, or like we've already mentioned, they would pay for you to go ahead and go to a gym. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of it. 
Get a step counter of some kind or a fitness tracker. This can be on your phone, something you wear on your wrist, a little pedometer that you put on your waist to just kind of um, be conscious about how much or how little you're actually moving. Yeah, it's just a tool to measure. And most importantly, find something that you enjoy doing. Because if you enjoy doing it, you're going to make the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay to not want to do what everybody else is doing. Do your the- own thing. Exactly. I mean, the thing nowadays is like the big, um, the CrossFit push. All these places are like CrossFit stuff. That's not my thing. And that's okay. You don't have to be everybody else. Just be you. If you like to dance and jump around, then turn some music on in the house in the morning and dance and jump around. Exactly. <laughs> Find a Zumba class or a jazzercise class. Yeah. And really, the number one exercise that across the board, most professionals recommend is walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? The best exercise is the one you'll do. There you go. So for the last part of the show, let's talk about motivation. Well, I found a website that gave that gives us 14 ways to keep a strong mindset while you overcome your injury. While you overcome your injury. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's ways to stay motivated, ways to keep your mind not like, oh my gosh, I'm injured, I can't do what I used to do. And right, yeah. If you're used to constantly like going to the gym and you can't anymore, find something to occupy your time because if you are, well, let's just say that um, your exercise was you and, 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 and a group of people getting together to play basketball, now you can't do that. Maybe you can donate your time to a boys and girls club to keep your to help them with basketball. You could do something to stay motivated in that activity while you were recovering. Right. Also to keep your mindset positive instead of focusing on the negative. Yes. And you could use what you know about that sport to help people. Uh, Make friends with other people who are uh, going through the same thing that you're doing. So get yourself a support group. And if you just want to be upset for a little while, don't live there. Don't stay there. But shout and be angry about it for a few minutes and then let that go that way you will experience it and move on from it you can also find um other things to do you can get physically good at something else uh like you know if your leg's out like my leg you could maybe focus more on upper body Mm, or you could mm. focus more on some other type of activity like stretching or the isometrics you can find something else to do to occupy your time that you would have used to uh, to be active uh, don't compare yourself to other people. Mm, that's a big one. Yes. Um, make a journal. So write things down. That way you can keep track of uh, your accomplishments and how you're recovering. And, and you'll better know when you're ready to move on for something else. Prioritize being positive and focusing on what you can control. Yeah, I like that one. Bet on yourself. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> like like Shalon's doing. I said bet on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That starts tomorrow, right? It does. I did my weigh-in this morning, and it took it. Wore a very, very skimpy bathing suit that I don't know why I bought it. Maybe it was just for this. But I ain't ever going out in public in it. (laughs) 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 The material on the bottom is the same size on the front and the back. (laughs) (laughs) But that's another thing is the way to motivate is to invest into something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is just an app 
and I paid $35 and it's for 30 days and you lose in this particular group 4% of your body fat and you get your money back and maybe a little bit more. I've seen mm-hmm. those where people have advertised that um, or the, the diet bet company, whoever, whoever owns that have testimonials of people saying, listen, I, I've done six diet bets and I've lost 50 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good motivator. Of course, putting money where your mouth is doesn't help a lot of people when it comes to uh, signing up at a gym because after March, over yeah. more than 70% of people don't go back. It's not going to work for everybody. You got to find your own thing. And and we've said it time and time and time and time again, you have to have the right mindset in order to accomplish anything. Oh yeah. And you have to have a very particular mindset to be somebody fresh to fitness and go into a gym because that can be very intimidating. Yes, you do. And if you don't want to do that, folks, that's fine. Stay home. Go on YouTube and find chair yoga and do chair yoga from YouTube. You can find almost anything on YouTube. And if you need a support group, there are support groups there. You may have to look for it, but look for it. What? Keep Go moving. <laughs> That's good. The bet that Shalon is doing has a support group. It's a Facebook group where these people are getting together and they're encouraging one another. And to me, yes. that's a support group. Yes, it is. Yeah. The app itself, the Diet Bet app has limitations, which is why they set up the Facebook group. Now, not everybody that does Diet Bet would, would do a Facebook group, I imagine. No, I don't think so. But they did that so they could do like lives. That makes sense. Do you guys know who I'm talking about when I say Hampton from Hybrid Calisthenics? His his thing was when it comes to motivation and you're not feeling motivated, confront why you aren't motivated he says what it comes down to for him what he's seen is that it's a lack of results is what you're doing now working if you're sitting on the couch then obviously it's not working but if you've been working out for four five six months and you're unmotivated to continue whatever style of workout you're doing is it because you're not seeing results Whatever your results might be that you're looking for, are you looking to gain muscle or lose fat? Whatever your goal is, are you not seeing any results? And then he says to try something else. Mm-hmm. Commit to it though. You have to commit to it for one to three months before you would probably see any results. Yeah, be persistent. He says another thing that he sees is a lack of interest. How much does fitness mean to you? Are you only joining a gym because your friends join in a gym and they didn't want to go by themselves? Um, it's up to the individual to decide how much they care about getting fit in the first place. And that's mindset. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want six pack abs, but they still want to be in pretty good shape, maybe to play with their kids or do pick up basketball on Saturday nights. Find something that makes your workouts fun, like playing tennis. If you like to play tennis, use that as your workout. If you want to get better at playing tennis, you're going to start looking into, okay, I need to do squats for because I need the 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 jumps and I I need to do push-ups so that I've got arm strength. So, that's how that can build up on that. And he said the last one that he sees a lot of is lifestyle issues and diet. What state is your body in currently? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you sick? Because sleep and diet play a huge role in both of, in all those areas. I want to interject something into this and use sports as an example. Sports have seasons. Athletes don't train the same all year long. So I think that that should also play 
into our lives. The way we train, the way we eat should have seasons Mm. where like it's game season, right? So you're really on point. And then you have an off season, which I think would typically be the holidays for people, right? Yeah. That can be a great off season. And then you come back into where you're getting back into training, which is January, usually. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. And you work back up to toward right the summer, having a summer body. And that's your that's your game time. That's your go time. That's your get it done, hit it hard time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That might be helpful to some people to think about it like that, because it is very daunting to think to have to be able to do this workout, this meal plan all the time. This is something else that I saw on Instagram and I wrote it down because it's very, it's very on point. Short-term thinking says the donut tastes good. Eat it. Short-term thinking says it's only one workout. It doesn't matter if if I skip it or not. Short-term thinking encourages short-term emotional goals that hurt you in the long run. Think strategic. Think long-term. Act strategic. Take actions that improve your long-term position and move you towards your long-term goals. And one of the things that came to mind is the part where he was talking about short-term thinking encourages short-term emotional goals. And society has basically encouraged that by not allowing or not teaching children how to handle waiting for something. I want it. I want it. I want it Mm -hmm. here. You can have it. And that's not saying that our children or our grandchildren should have to go through the same struggles that we went through because the whole point of being a parent is, well, there's a lot of different points about being a parent. But (laughs) one of the points for being a parent is to try to make life a little bit easier for your children than what you had it. But handing them something and not letting them experience the struggle or the weight is not really teaching them anything other than how to be spoiled. The struggle is where you learn your strengths or lack of. And it's struggles where you gain strength. That's what I was getting ready to say. It's where you start to build it. Yeah. Yeah. You start struggling with something. You learn where your strengths are and what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Motivation is not something that's always going to be with you. You need to realize that. Yeah. There has to be a point where discipline does take over. It's like brushing your teeth. Right. We are trained from childhood to brush our teeth. Mm-hmm. Brush your teeth, brush your teeth. You brush your teeth, whether you feel like it or not. You brush your teeth, whether you're getting up and going out to party or whether or not you're getting up and, and going out to go to work. You brush your teeth. Right. And if you have kids, you know how long it takes for them to establish this habit. Long time. Don't beat yourself up when when you mess up because you're going to mess up and that's okay just think of yourself as a kid again learning to brush your teeth except you're learning to brush your body (laughs) instead of caring for your teeth you're caring for your muscles and your tendons and your ligaments I think one thing that I always impart when somebody's you know how do you stay motivated and I'm like you need to start small Mm. and get really good at that small thing build up the momentum from that small thing and then add on when you're ready now this is karen talking this is not shalon talking when the statement comes out of my mouth everybody's gonna think it's shalon i was listening to an episode of mind pump (laughs) (laughs) just today while i was in the shower 
And Sal was talking about, uh, look where you are now. If you are somebody that does not move, but 3000 steps a day and you walk from the car to your office and back to your car and you go home and you sit down on the couch and you grab the Cheetos and you start watching TV. If you are that person, do not come into fitness saying, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to work out an hour every time I go. I'm going to never put another bad thing into my mouth ever again. He says, no, <laughs> do not do that because you will burn out. Start small, two days a week, three days a week at the most. And instead of completely cutting out all the bad foods, just cut out how much of the bad food you're eating. Gradually take it away and you're going to drop some pounds. Yeah. And that will motivate you to pull more away. And then eventually it's going to motivate you to where you're not eating that bad stuff at all. Right. Exactly. You start looking at your your portion control. That is a huge thing without even changing yeah. the eating. Mm-hmm. You know what? Have the donut. But all right, now I'm only going to have half. Yeah. You know, if you eat Cheetos every day, I mean, you got a big bag of them. I don't know how big the bags are. And let's say you eat half a bag every day, only eat a quarter of a bag a day. Diddy, that's a big bag of Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos I, don't know, really I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how big Cheetos are. <laughs> I don't buy them. I don't know. How I mean, big unless they you are. get a tub of cheese balls, and those things are like okay. Huge. That was a tub of cheese balls. <laughs> cheese puffs is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheese puffs are bigger than Cheetos. Yeah, <laughs> but Diddy's doing this, and I'm like. Man, where's that bag of Cheetos? <laughs> That's a bag I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, goodness. And there is no set wrong or right way to do something. Mm-mm. Especially when you're talking about your nutrition and your movement, because we're all individuals. I mean, you have to make it your own. Alrighty, that wraps up this episode of Sister Sharpen Sister. We certainly appreciate you guys sticking around and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, invite your family and friends to listen and leave us a review. We are exclusively on Spotify. And join the conversation by sending us an email to sharpsistertrio at gmail.com. That's all, folks. <laughs>